Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. Weekends are irrelevant at this point in my life, but I did have a pretty good one watching a lot of hoops, and that's what we're going to get to today right here on Nuanez Now, your one-stop shop. For all things sports and pop culture, every day around the Treasure State right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen in live, you want to use your mobile device, your computer, your cell phone, whatever you might want to use, just go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. There, just click on the Listen Live tab. You'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You can see the beautiful logo, the beautiful sign. We appreciate Opportunity Bank for being a part of the show. Want to give us a call, shoot us a text. You can certainly do that as well, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. We've got a lot to get to today. We're going to hear from Travis DeCure, the head coach from the University of Montana men's basketball team. We're also going to hear from Trisha Binford and... Um, Tori Martell from Montana State women's team. We also got Zach Mackey swinging by the studio. It's his first in-studio appearance. He's Missoula Sentinels head coach. We'll talk about his team's crosstown win on uh, Saturday against Missoula Big Sky. But more importantly, basketball is a team sport. We don't want to make it about individuals. But this was insane. My brain was falling out of my head while I was following this game on Twitter. Alex Germer hit 10 three-pointers in the first half of the game against Big Sky. He had 40 at halftime. I remember you texted me, too, like, hey, you need to follow what's going on here with Germer. What an impressive performance. I mean, seriously, he's put up video game-like numbers. We thought maybe the first week or two, okay, is this just a flash in the pan? 
No, it's not. He's going historic rates. He scored 51 points in 23 minutes. He did it. He did it. I've never seen a 50-point game in the Class AA level. Never have. No. And he did it while sitting out the fourth quarter. He hit 13 three-pointers, which blows the Class AA record completely out of the water. And it's irrelevant who the game's against, honestly. It doesn't Dude, matter who the opponent is. 13 threes in one game. There's most people can't hit 13 threes just standing there in the gym working out. Unbelievable. <laughs> so we'll get to that as well. About 4.30, Coach Mackey swinging by. Top of the hour, we're going to do a little something we haven't done with Riley Corcoran. Yeah, we'll play a little blindside, although he did kind of tease to me what his questions are. and I I got mine in the outline, too, so we can sort of play off of that. But we're mostly going to talk about just the state of affairs in men's college basketball because anybody that's been following this show, you know that it's been a tough year for the University of Montana. And we're not trying to make excuses for the University of Montana, but they are not alone in terms of the blue blood programs around the country that have really been struggling. And so I got rallied to thinking about some historic streaks that have commenced over the last several years, uh, as well as got me to thinking just about um, maybe the the whys. I mean, it's not... Montana's not, it's not just Montana struggling. Duke's struggling. Michigan State's struggling. Kentucky's struggling. So why? And I think that there's a, a couple different reasons why. And then also somehow, some way, football season started over the weekend. I don't even know. I was so not ready to see all the stuff did, on Twitter. But did, we'll you, talk about that too. did you watch, uh, you caught that Nichols game, right? Nichols started. Score, scored about 80. Yeah, you know, just the old 87-3 to opener for Nichols, a top 25 team playoff team from last year. N- nice warm-up game. As we do each and every Monday, dive into the Montana Basketball Hour. It's proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. That's a big deal, and they're supporting us wholeheartedly as well. Uh, We're going to have a little bit more details about the announcement, but... We are going, we've been officially approved to go to the Big Sky Conference Tournament in Boise, so we will be doing our broadcast for, I guess it will be now the fourth straight year doing That's really uh, this cool. live really cool. show uh, remotely from Boise. I don't have any idea what the logistics are going to be like. I know we have to have a new spot because of a hold up, a bunch of different reasons, but that's okay. Here nor there, we'll be in Boise two weeks from now, so it'll be March 8th through the 13th uh, as far as the weekdays when Noana is now will be broadcasting from uh, the Big Sky Tournament. And then we're also going to sneak into the NCAA Tournament as well. So me and Riley are going to be going to, uh, we'll see. Indianapolis, San Antonio, kind of just depends on who's going. But we'll have plenty of great postseason coverage. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's going to be weird doing it in, in empty arenas, uh, let's be frank. But we appreciate Stackman Bank for helping because they're going to help send us there and uh, it'll definitely be a worthwhile trip. Nick Tabor of Westpac Wealth is also going to be one of our primary sponsors as we make our way into March. But right now it is the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank and we got to talk about the weekend that was. If you hadn't been paying attention, the Montana State men, Idaho State, that got canceled because of uh, COVID issues. So those games did not happen. The Lady Grizz, they went on the road, and I guess it was a home-and-home, home, but they completed the sweep of Eastern Washington on Saturday, uh, and now the Lady Grizz have won five straight. So a good win for the Lady Grizz, 65-62 in Cheney on Saturday, and Lady Grizz now have a pretty good stronghold on fourth place. It's interesting on the women's side because Southern Utah's women have only played a couple games, right? Well, they played seven now, and it's sure. more of everyone's holding their breath because they're the only team of the 22 that are competing in Big Sky play that might not get to that 10-game threshold. And what was announced by Leon Costello, the rest of the committee, way back when conference play started, if you don't 
play 10 conference games, you're automatically, you can't be seated. You're going down to the bottom. So right. it's a matter of if Southern Utah qualifies, then they're definitely in the mix. Sure. But there's one more COVID cancellation. They'll be the, the 11 seed. Sure, sure. But the Lady Grizz, nonetheless, have positioned themselves to get a bye for the second straight year of the Big State Tournament. So that would be big for Montana. In Bozeman, uh, the completion of a home and home between two of the best teams in the women's league, Montana State. They uh, had a 12-point lead. It was a, this was a crazy game. Montana State was down 17-4. to They just destroyed Idaho State in the second quarter. Probably the best they've executed all year long. That's not a team you want to fall behind by double digits against either. Uh, for sure. It, and it was so crazy because you could tell that Montana State, who's the youngest team in the country, was getting bullied up and down the court because Idaho State's so physical. And I thought, oh, man, they're just going to melt. They're, they're, it's, this is going to be a whooping. Idaho State's going to just destroy them. They locked in, clicked in, and then all of a sudden, Madison Jackson, who was an absolute key contributor on last year's Bobcat team as a freshman, she has struggled mightily. She had she had COVID. I know that they're trying to keep that under wraps, but she said it on the record, so I think I can say it. But she said, I, I you know, I had some issues with being sick, and I haven't felt like myself. And somehow she felt like herself on Saturday, and she is an electric such an exciting player. She's not necessarily the most polished offensive player, but she plays so, so, so hard, crashing the offensive glass, playing hard defense. And when she starts making shots, then all of a sudden it's a huge spark. Well, she started knocking down shots, and Montana State goes from down 17-4 to to up by 12 at halftime. But then they almost let the whole thing slip away, and they're down by 5 with 20 seconds to go. They get a bucket. Darren White gets a bucket in the lane, and then they get a stop. They drop a play for Tori Martell. She bangs a three with less than a second to play, sends it to overtime, and then Martell was unstoppable in the overtime period. She had 11 points in extra time, and Montana State wins going away 88-81. So don't look now. Idaho State, which was once on a 14-game winning streak, has now lost two out of three. Montana State, which had its eight-game winning streak, snapped in Pocatello on Thursday, knocks off the Bengals, and now we got a logjam at the top of the conference. I tell you what, it is going to be fun in Boise. Those top three teams right now, I mean, that's high level. All three it that is. they're playing with. Montana State's the biggest surprise. Idaho State, it's so weird. And we see it, right? The, the years you've covered the league, the last five I've been with Grizzly basketball, when you're the top dog, when you're the team everyone is gunning for, there's a different mindset to every regular season game, and there's a different type of pressure that you just can't equate to it. You're going to get the rest of the team's best shots. I think it's wide open and boys between those three squats. And give Montana State credit for being in that conversation. I for think sure. all year long it was the easy. It's the two Idaho schools. They'll meet on Saturday or Friday afternoon in Boise in the championship. That'll be it. No, not so much. I think that we have gotten, and I want your take on this, but it feels like we've gotten clarity on the women's side. Where for top sure. three, you could take either one, any one of them, and then... I would say the Lady Grizz are next in line probably at number four, and then there's a, probably a gap after that. I think that Idaho State is the most complete, most veteran, and most talented team, but I do think that Idaho has two of the best headliners because Gina Markston and Beyonce Bay are both first-team all-conference all caliber players. But the reason Montana State is in the mix more than any other reason is they have some of the best chemistry I've ever seen. They love playing with each other. There's I can't think of a team I've covered that literally goes 11 deep and has no points of contention over who's playing when or where. Everybody's interchangeable, and it's all centered upon one young lady, and that's Darian White. She is the Chris Paul of the Big Sky Women's League. She is so good at dictating the tempo of the game, and it doesn't matter if she has a, a bad shooting night. She impacts the game in such in so many ways, but also just from a leadership perspective as well. So they've had 
So many different young ladies step up, and they're just having a great time playing with each other. And it's refreshing to watch. Honestly, with all the struggles we've gone through, particularly on the men's side, and how this has just felt like pulling teeth, the women's games, especially with the top teams, have been exceptionally fun to watch, and it's been really fun to cover as well. And so I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. And there's no shortage of games this weekend because we talked about the top four. Well, guess what? They're playing each other this weekend. You have essentially the semifinals going at each other. You have number one Idaho State against number four Lady Grizz. And then you've got Idaho and Montana State playing in Bozeman, I believe, for both of those. So here we go again. It feels like tournament time. You mentioned a moment ago we're so fired up to be able to extend this into the NCAA tournament. The next month is going to be dynamite every single week. Can't wait. Tease for later on this week as well. Patricia Benford, a longtime Montana State head basketball coach, will join us right here on Nuanas now, as will John Newley, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals, and uh, efforting the other big games that Riley was talking about as well. Uh, probably uh, see some appearances from some Lady Grizz and uh, some Idaho State Bengals on here as well. And we're talking a lot of women's hoops because the women's league is just, quite frankly, in my opinion, a lot better than the men's league. I think that the winner of the women's league, particularly with Idaho State and the work they got done in the non-conference. I I wouldn't be surprised if they got a pretty generous seed uh, by the time this is all said and done. But Montana State, they played a really good non-conference as well. And they're going to be a 20-plus win team if they were to go on and, and win the the, uh, the tournament title. So um, it, it's definitely it, – we've given a lot of love to the women's league, but that's because I just think it's damn good. Well, and it's different, too, than the men's side of things as far as the seating is concerned. I know that that has been a huge topic of conversation. How, on the men's side of things, can the big sky get better seats? Well, on the women's side of things, they've already proved that. Northern Colorado, I believe, a couple years ago was a 10 seed. I mean, that's already great recognition. We've right. seen 12 seeds being this year. I would say – Say right now, I mean, putting you on the spot, if it is Idaho State, if it's one of those top three, mm-hmm. what do you think? 12 seed, 13 seed, realistic? Yeah, the uh, the the Kansas State win that Idaho State has is huge because I know Kansas State is sort of a middle-of-the-road Power 5 team, but it's still a Power 5 win. And, uh, you know, I, there's, there's so many different factors that go into what seeds you get. Um, one of the biggest factors of Northern Colorado pulling that 10 seed, I mean, first of all, they were a great team. They won 26 games. They also had that great win over DePaul when DePaul was a top 25 team. But, uh, you know, they also had a coach who has national prestige. I mean, Cammie Etheridge was a gold medalist once upon a time after her time at the University of Texas. You know, she had been the associate head coach at Kansas State for 25-plus years and never really had gotten her shot. And then when she got her shot, they were able to uh, really take advantage of it. But the fact of the matter is here's the deal. In the best years from the men's league the last 15 years, the team that wins the Big Side Tournament goes to the NCAA. Every once in a while, the number two team gets into the NIT, but mostly it's the CBI or another one of the non-headlining tournaments. And in the women's league, the the champion has traditionally gotten at least a 13 seed, but recently has gotten a 10. We've heard from people at the Big Sky that they were going to lobby for Montana State to get an 8 last year. Wow. And that could have been the case because they were a 26-win team that had wins over a ranked Minnesota team. They went to overtime with the, a top 10 Texas A&M team, and then they won an all-time Big Sky record 19 games. So, And then you talk about the teams that don't win the the Big Sky Tournament, you're talking two, three, four teams that get in the WNIT every year. They go deep. I mean, I don't right. stay made a run. I mean, winning a game or two, it, it's, sure. it's totally different because totally different. they'll go play a Power 5 team and win. I mean, totally. there's an opportunity there. So it's completely different. And I think the elevation of the women's game in the Big Sky has been impressive. And, and I'm really looking forward to getting down there Monday yeah. for Boise because yep. that's when the women's tournament starts. That, that's and it, It's... 
it's indicative of the fact that the, these are the top four teams as well, Montana, Montana State, Idaho, Idaho State, because these are four schools that invest in women's basketball. It matters, but also they all average, they all draw well. And Montana, Montana State draw really well. And so this is what we've seen in the men's league where the system, and we're going to get into this at the top of the hour, all the ways the system is broken, but the system is fundamentally broken in the men's league. There's no chance in hell that Montana's going to get Gonzaga to sign up for a home-and-home. There's Never. none. Nope. It's actually pretty rare that Montana would that Gonzaga would even play Montana, period. Even though it's a three-hour drive, which is so tough to wrap your mind around. Like, Travis Secure's first game at the helm seven years ago against Boise, where they almost beat Boise State. Boise State won't play him anymore. Leon Rice said, I'm an idiot. I will never bring my team up here again. Not playing. And so that's that's what's unfortunate, because on the women's side, because... Montana, Montana State particularly, but even Idaho and Idaho State, they draw better than a lot of teams in the in the region. They can get these great home-and-homes because they can buy them, but they also is worth it, and there's just not this dysfunctionality. I mean, South Dakota State's been a top-20 team for multiple years. Montana State is in the midst of a four-game t- four home-and-home with South Dakota State. Those are the type of games on the men's side you don't get, but that's why the men are sitting here stuck in getting 13, 14, 15 seeds, whereas the women have a better chance to actually get a respectable draw. I cannot wait for our conversation at the top of the hour because there's a laundry list of things of how – College basketball is broken, particularly on the men's side. And we're seeing it, I think, more and more this year. And it's funny, we have a blindside segment coming up. But I think both of our questions kind of mirror each other in a way that it's going to be a fun conversation. But when you talk about more examples, yes, Montana State, South Dakota State, Shoot, the Lady Grizz have brought in Kentucky, and they had a home-and-home with Arizona, who's right, in the top right. ten in the country. That is unheard of. Sean Miller is not bringing his team up here. Uh, exactly. Ever. Exactly. And it's unfortunate that that's the way that we've digressed. And honestly, when people ask, you know, what, what has been the biggest thing that changed from the last time a Big Sky team got a win in the NCAA tournament, which was in 2006 when Larry Kristoviak was still the head coach here at the University of Montana, it's that Kristoviak had a couple aces in the hole. He was he was good friends with Mike Montgomery, obviously because of the Montana tie, and he was also good friends with Bruce Pearl. So Larry Kristoviak got Wisconsin-Milwaukee, who ended up getting an 11 seed that year, to come to Missoula, and he beat him. He got Stanford to come to Missoula, and they beat him. Stanford's not coming to Missoula ever again, and that's the thing that really drives me crazy. It is the Montana Basketball Hour. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, with me, Coulter Nuanez, broadcasting right here from the ESPN Missoula studios, run by Missoula Broadcasting Company, locally owned and operated. The Montana Basketball Hour is brought to us by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service, and your phone call is always answered by a live person. I can't tell you how much this makes me happy. You don't have to do the press five, press six. You actually get to talk to a real person who can answer your questions. They're highly skilled, and personable bank staff is dedicated to making it easy to transfer your accounts and meeting your overall financial needs. But in traditional Western values with modern convenience and state-of-the-art technology, Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Well, we just went on a tangent all about women's basketball, but that's your scoreboard from the women's side of things. But on the men's side of things, the scoreboard looked the exact same on Thursday and on Saturday when you talk about the home-and-home between Eastern Washington and Montana. And uh, there's a lot of different ways to spin this thing. On one hand, the only time I've seen a, a team coached by Travis DeCure ripped harder than they were in the first 12 minutes of Thursday's game was how bad they got ripped in the first 20 minutes of Saturday's game. That said, these two games were completely out of hand, and then they became, you know, you could say respectable margins of victory. 14-point losses on both sides in both games, 90-76 to 76 both games, which turned out to be 
Still, the largest margins of defeat in the history of the Travis DeCure era, which in itself is a testament to two things. One, the style of play and how good Montana's been on defense. And two, just how dang good Montana's been. Because if you're talking a seven-year span and you've only lost by double digits four times and your two worst losses are by 14 points, that's impressive. So on one hand, you got to say, falling down 47-20 to 20 when a team makes 17 of their first 19 shots, that ain't good. Falling down by 25-plus at halftime on Saturday, that also isn't good. But continuing to chip away and fight and make it a little bit more respectable, it is. So these these were interesting games because they weren't interesting. They were basically – both games reached a point of no return where Eastern had enough points where you could just see that Montana wasn't going to score that many points. But they continued to chip away. So, I mean, just you were sitting courtside both in Cheney on Thursday and in Missoula on Saturday. Your takes on uh, the weekend action between the first-place Eagles and Montana. Man, a a couple of stunning observations, really. I mean, before the ball was even tipped, I think in both games – you could clearly tell the team that was motivated to play there and a team that really wasn't sure that what they were getting into. And that Eastern Washington team, you you mentioned a moment ago on how well Montana State women play together. Eastern Washington, they enjoy playing basketball together. That was evident to see. Uh, I have never seen, obviously, in my five years calling games for Grizzly basketball, performances like that in conference games. That just doesn't happen. The fact we're looking up historical references in both games of, oh my gosh, worst defeat. And it was impressive to find that the fact that they'd only been defeated two before this last weekend, twice by double figures under Travis Takir. But it was a t- this was a big-time weekend and an eye-opener, I think, to, okay, where's Grizzly basketball out right now? Well, this is the first time, Coulter, then I think this is an obvious statement, but it's also telling. It's the first time that under Travis DeKir, Montana can look at a team in this conference and say, yeah, we're probably not going to beat those guys. We probably can't beat those guys. Travis DeKir from after the game on Saturday. Better team won. Uh, they're a well-oiled machine right now. Uh, scoring at a very high rate. Uh, their pace offensively, their versatility is, is very tough to slow down. Um, once we found ways to get our offense going, uh, we were fine, but we just found ourselves in a hole we couldn't dig ourselves out of. So, um, you know, congratulations to, to a team that's playing very good basketball right now. And uh, we'll, we'll keep plugging away and try to improve going into the next week and see if we can build some momentum. I'll, I'll start off. Uh, Coach, uh, earlier when Cameron Parker was here, he said that um, you told the guys before the game that, quote, they have you will have like a target on your back, um, which is such a chippy, intense game and really serious as a whole. How much did you guys really feel that in that game today? Well, we felt it in both games. And and I think it's the difference between the Weber series and this one is that there's a group of guys on that team that have lost quite a few games to us in the last couple of years, especially some meaningful games uh, with, with all the chips on the table. And, and so when you have guys that have experienced that um, they're, they're going to be excited and, and have a little extra uh, intensity going into the game uh, in terms of what they're playing for. And unfortunately for us, we don't have any guys that are really in rotation other than Mac that were along uh, for some of those battles that we had with them. And, and so sometimes um, you don't know what you're getting into until you show up uh, for the battle. And, and, and it was a little bit of that. And, you know, with just the home stretch coming up, last couple games of the season, there's a lot you can look at. But what's the biggest thing that you think this team needs to focus on to finish off the regular season? 
It's really it's just putting it all together. Um, if, if you really look at our numbers, we, we've had a series of guys play well. Pretty much everyone that's playing has played well. They just haven't put it all together on the same night, offensively or defensively. And and so um, with with such a young group, you just want to get to where you have a consistent uh, approach uh, to, to every game. And we're not there right now, and, and we hope to get there uh, by Thursday. You mentioned, you know, obviously, like the guys like Aiken and Groves, they, they remember these losses, and they – they don't forget them and they use that as motivation. How much of it is telling your guys like, Hey, remember how crappy this feels now. And, and we'll make sure that we don't feel this again in the future. We've been here before. Um, and, uh, we did a good job of, of hitting the reset button and, and, and coming out, um, and, and playing at a very high level a year later. And, and so we just, we're going to keep plugging away and be the best basketball we can team. We can be tomorrow. And then the day after that, and the day after that, and uh, see where we're at going into the conference tournament and make the most of that experience. So there you go, Travis DeCure, University of Montana, head men's basketball coach. Probably hear a little bit lo- more from Travis DeCure a little later on this week. Also efforting some uh, other Grizz guys. You know, I th- I, uh, I actually want to have a one on one with Josh Bannon because. Um, we had Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley both on this show when they first got recruited because it's a little easier to facilitate a live radio interviews with guys that live in the United States. Josh Bannon, a little bit of a hard uh, time difference. It wasn't really working on. You the, didn't want to get up at two thirty. Yeah, in the yeah, it wasn't really it wasn't really working on the What's Up app to try to record the uh, <laughs> the uh, the uh, radio interview, the live radio interview. But Bannon's a fascinating guy, so and we'll circle back around. I'll give you a little bit more on that as well. But Montana, I think that the main point here is exactly what Coach DeCure just said. And Montana last year went into Cheney and blitzed Eastern Washington almost identically to the way that Montana got blitzed in Cheney. 90-63 to last year. And I think that that, you know, you do have to give a little credit where credit's due because Montana did not lose 90-63 to on uh, Thursday. They did rally both games. But you could just tell that Eastern, what's the right word here? Eastern was completely and totally reveling in beating Montana. It's been a minute since, well, it's in fact been since 2003 since Eastern Washington swept Montana. But this group of guys, I mean, Kim Aiken has uh, had a, a, his own little individual rivalry within this rivalry. Him and Saeed Pridgett at each other's throats for two years in a row. But Saeed was just the, the older, tougher dog in the fight. Now Kim Aiken, you could just tell he was just so excited to be the older, tougher dog. The bully. I mean, there was there was a moment where Eastern was running their motion offense, and they kept getting pinned with a variety of Montana's young guards guarding Aiken. And, I mean, he he's just... He's just baptizing these guys, man. He's just killing them in the post. And, you know, you can analyze it until you're blue in the face, but the reality of the situation is you got a dude who's an upperclassman versus dudes that aren't. And Kim Aiken is probably the most physically developed guy in the entire league. And Eastern Washington, their strategy, the way they've done it, if you aren't an international player, you are redshirting. And so all of those players got a year of development right. before. And that's why Kim Aiken looks like a sixth-year senior. He's only a redshirt junior, which right. is petrifying for the rest of the league if he actually sticks around for another year than his senior year. So 
I mean, long story short, you look at what Eastern Washington did. They they toyed with Montana because they, they went outside on Thursday. They made yep. 11 three-pointers. Yep. And Montana adjusts and takes away the three. And it was almost if Eastern was proving a point in the first half. They did not attempt three until the horn. At the end of the first half, they went down to the post. They shot 60%. They built their 20-point lead that way. So it, it was a, a, quite a difference just watching that and seeing Eastern re- revel in the role of being the top dog. And I tell you what. They really latched on to the comments from Coach DeCure during no the question. week. Your thoughts? I mean, I was going back and forth with the comments about speed bump, right? Being sure. a, that Montana was Eastern Washington's speed bump to yeah. the NCAA tournament. That is an accurate statement. I mean, if it, it wasn't is. for Montana, Eastern would have went to two NCAA tournaments. And who knows what would have happened last year. But your thoughts on, on how Eastern... It seemed like they were going to grab anything and use it as motivation. But... Yeah. Was it valid to use that piece as motivation for them? Well, here, here's the thing. And I know that I'm in the minority in this. <laughs> I love teams that find advantages within games because they talk a lot of smack. I love it. Sports, man. I, 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 I truly love it. I think it's great. And Eastern Washington, you can say they go overboard a little bit. I know that it is a little bit... Um, I, I had to change my my wording in my story. I called it a circus initially. It's not a circus. It's it's an, it's orchestra. an orchestra. But they bring the energy, man. And there's a lot of different ways to coach. There's a lot of different ways to win. And I don't think one's better than the other. But I do think that there's one that's a lot more fun. And I think Eastern Washington's having a tremendous amount of fun. And I know that it rubs a lot of people in the league wrong. I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go on our Twitter page and you can look at some of my videos I was making during the game because the whole bench is standing up. They're waving towels around their heads. They got chance. They're going flying crazy. Flying like They're eagles the whole time. Flying like there. eagles. And it's all conducted by the head maestro, and that's their head coach, Shante Leggins. And again, I know some people think he's grandstanding. It drives some people crazy. They don't like his antics, but that's the whole point. He doesn't want you to like it, unless you do. And I just think they have a hell of a lot of fun, and you can definitely see it. The other thing you got to give Eastern Washington's program so much credit for is their ability to develop players. I mean, every once in a while, they have guys that are just ready-made, going to be good players like Kim Aiken. He was good right out the gate. But Tanner Groves, once upon a time, could hardly catch the ball. And now he's one of the best big guys in the league. They didn't have their best, their alleged best player, Jacob Davison, hardly available. In, he was not on the trip in Bozeman last weekend, and he was only available in the waning seconds of blowouts in these two games against the Grizz. It didn't matter. Michael Meadows is a, is a blooming star. I mean, Michael Meadows, here's, here's what I, I put this in my story on SkylineSportsMT.com. Since Meadows entered the starting lineup, he's averaging 18.5 points per game. That's exactly the production they were getting out of Jacob Davison. So they don't miss a step. The, the preseason MVP is on the bench, and they're still getting the exact same production from a sophomore. That's a testament to their ability to recruit and develop guys. Well, you talk about it. As a freshman, okay, Meadows and Groves, both of those guys were averaging fewer than two points per game. They were basically non-factors. They were playing five to eight minutes a game. And from their freshman year to their sophomore year, and just one year in between, you can tell the difference, the development of these guys yeah. to where they're gonna, they will be scary for a while. Coulter, they don't start any seniors. Exactly. They don't. I mean, this could be a three-year run with this group. So I think that was the more telling spot. This could be a, a tease for the 5 o'clock. Was that last weekend watching those two games, was it more about Eastern or was it more about Montana? I think it's more about Eastern. I mean, I think Eastern's playing the best basketball of anybody in the league. Eastern Washington is the favorite, no question. They, I didn't. I was, I was not into the hype of them being the preseason favorite early. 
I absolutely certainly am now. But they've redefined themselves. They have. They absolutely have redefined themselves. We'll get in a little bit more about this about 445 as well as into the second hour. But we got to get out. Jason Mackey, he's the first-year head coach for the Sentinel Spartans. They're number one in the state. They had a young man this last weekend who went absolutely bonkers. The Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana marches on after this. Hi, this is Kim from the Wingate in Missoula. If you need a break from the everyday same old, same old, we want to be your home away from home. With comfortable rooms, a great breakfast, and a super fun indoor water park, the Wingate of Missoula is the ideal place for a quick getaway without having to go away. Let us give your family a little quality time together or ask us about our birthday parties. Work like an adult, play like a child, and sleep like a baby at the Wingate of Missoula. Hey, welcome back. Listen to Nuanez now, right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen in anywhere on planet Earth, you can certainly try on the live stream. All you got to do is go to 1029ESPN.com, click on Listen Live. There you'll find the stream. It's presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Marching on with the Montana Basketball Hour, we uh, usually focus pretty heavily on the Montana Basketball Hour. Actually, lately we've been going 50-50 with a lot of football because we've had all sorts of football news from the other side of the Continental Divide with Jeff Choate's departure at Montana State and the hiring of Brent Vegan, as well as the completion of that staff. And all of a sudden, we have spring football going on in various regions of the country as well, although it's not happening here in Missoula. But this is going to be all basketball all the time during this Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. I tell you, Stockman Bank is definitely a go-to if you have a small business or you need any sort of commercial loan. They can help you out. They help me out so much at SkylineSportsMT.com. Those guys are great. They are your friends and neighbors, as well as just excellent bankers. So go check out Stockman Bank. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. We're going off the beaten path a little bit. A lot of times we go pretty heavy when it comes to Division One and Frontier Conference basketball during the Montana Basketball Hour. But now we are happy to be joined for his in-studio debut. He's been on the show before, but it was on the telephone. Now we have Jason Mackey from the the Sentinel Boys basketball team. And don't worry, Coach, I didn't forget your first name. I just had a Freudian slip. Our good buddy Zach Mackey is the play-by-play guy for Montana State. I accidentally put that in the outline, uh, but it is, in fact, Jason Mackey, and he is here to talk about his top-ranked Spartan. So, Coach, I know we had you on the show a little while ago, but... Welcome back in. Thanks for, so much for coming. What's it like being back in Missoula? Because, I mean, you're a Missoula guy that spent a long time away, so it must be nice to be back in town. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm really excited to be back. It's been, uh, obviously, with this good of a team, that uh, really helps, but I just uh, have enjoyed being back in Missoula. Um, it's been a little bit cold lately. That uh, My wife wasn't quite prepared for that, I don't think, but... Um, I told her it didn't get too bad, but just excited to be back and uh, excited to be here. So I take it you didn't marry a Montana girl then? I did not. Okay, uh, so she was in Spokane for a while, so she gets it a close, little close, close to it. Uh, kind of close, right? <laughs> and I don't think they really have like negative 61 like they had up in Haver last week. No, or minus 70 at West Glacier. When did this all come to fruition? When did it become maybe reality? Because we, we tell, we've read your story, obviously, coming back. that It's his storybook, and the fact that your team is having this type of year, it's really cool to see it as you guys are getting close to tournament time. When did all this become a reality or come to fruition for you, Coach? You know, what, eight or nine years ago, 
Um, when the job was open, I, I looked at it briefly, but uh, my wife and I um, weren't quite ready um, to leave Oregon yet. And um, COVID really helped us actually um, get this job. So when it came open, a couple of my ex-high school teammates live here in town. And then Guy Almquist of Helena Capital, he actually texted me and they said Sentinel was open again. And um, so we started exploring it a little bit. And um, so my wife called her bosses and they said, well, you've been working from home for the last couple of months. You can, if you have a phone, a computer, an airport, you can continue to work from home. So we, uh, we looked at it a little more seriously, and then a teaching job came open, and every domino uh, just kind of just kept falling. And so we said, well, I, I guess that's fate that uh, everything has uh, worked out. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. Um, it's great to see a bunch of people. One of the last few games, you know, there's three or four Max teammates up in the stands. There's one coaching against me. Our coach was running the scoreboard. So... Um, it's definitely kind of a nostalgia town uh, going down. And that, I mean, that was interesting, right? I, you had the great picture on Twitter with Coach Albuquerque. So, I mean, is that sort of I mean, what is it bizarre? Or what's it like when you're, you're coming full circle and some 30 years later you're crossing paths and then dueling with somebody that you, you've known for so long? I would say this whole experience has been pretty surreal for me. It's really been, um, you know, awesome, but also just you know, bizarre in the fact that you're right. We're in the same gym that, you know, Guy and I had practice in. And, you know, Coach Appel was our coach, and now he's sitting at the scores table, and he's substitute teaching at Sentinel. And um, I, I do think Sentinel's a special place. I know I'm, you know, a little biased, but um, it's been uh, wonderful to be back. There's several of the ex-head coaches are still in the building. You know, Coach Matisic, Coach Chigelski are in the building. And um, Coach Fisher was actually the coach a while ago. They're all still in the building. So it's just been kind of a – a neat atmosphere to be a part of. That's Montana in a nutshell, too, right? I mean, you come back and it's just like, oh, everyone everyone is connected one way or another. We love it. We're talking with Jason Mackey, head coach of the Sentinel Boys basketball team, number one in the state right now, currently 11-0. You have a couple standout players. We're going to get to that in a moment, but but I want to go just as far as this season chronicling it, Coach. When did you know that this team could be this special? I'm not sure anyone maybe would have thought 11-0 undefeated and doing all of this, but when did you know that this group had a chance to be pretty special well i'll be honest i did my research a little bit before i took the job <laughs> um, you know coach omquist was he said look i'm 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 happy if you would come back but i'd be a little worried because this team's really good um and so you know i done a little bit of research um, but then when i first got here um neither tony nor alex play football and so i got to see them pretty much right away and i just watched the two of them and Kolb actually, um, Hayden Kolb was not playing football as well. And so I got to watch all three of those guys, and they've all been on varsity since they were either freshmen or a sophomore, and um, they know how to play. And then I saw some of the athletes out there on the football field, and I said, holy cow, you put all these guys together, and they could be special. We got to talk about this performance on <laughs> Saturday. I was just completely transfixed. Shout out to our, our uh, fellow sports journalists out there because, uh, you know, that's one thing that I think social media ruins. I think it rots our brains in a lot of ways. But give me some uh, give me some Twitter video highlights of high school sports all day. That's about as yep. positive and good as it's going to get. So shout out to the guys that were tweeting videos and statistics from the games over the weekend. But uh, Alex Germer starts out pretty hot, and then all of a sudden he's red hot. And then all of a sudden, Coach, he's got 40 at halftime. So, I mean – 12 of 14 from the floor in the first half. And he hits 10 threes in the first half. I mean, that that's an outstanding, amazing accomplishment. I mean, you had to just know he had it cooking, right? 
Well, I told the you know players today in practice that I'm not getting enough credit here because I said, <laughs> I said, guys, throw the ball to Alex, and Alex, you shoot it. I mean, so that genius. Was, it's <laughs> genius. Exactly. That was a heck of a game plan. Um, no, he hit a couple early. They were in a zone, and he hit a couple early, and then. Um, and then he hit one where it was a bad pass, and it was down by his feet, and he picked it up and hit a three. And I turned to the bench, and I said, that's really hard to do as a shooter, you know, to catch a bad pass. Um, so I knew he was feeling, as we like to call it, saucy. So he was getting saucy, and then it just became, I mean, unbelievable. I've This is my 26th year of coaching, and I've never seen an entire, I mean, three quarters. I didn't, he didn't play in the fourth, but entire game that hot. I mean, I've seen, you know, guys hit five three-pointers in a quarter and get hot for a second, but he was, it was amazing. Two buzzer beaters at the end of quarters. I just said, get the ball. And he just kind of dribbled down, looked at the guys, and then he's six foot eight, and he just jumped over the top of them and made a three. So it it was special. Did you know at, at any certain point, Alex Drimmer averaging 26 points per game on the season, by the way, which is just Insane at the double A level, but did you know at any point maybe in the second half? Because you said he didn't even play in the fourth quarter, and that is unbelievable when you consider his numbers. Did you know at all when he hit fifty? Did he had forty at half? It's one of those things. Sometimes when you're in the moment, sometimes it's a blur. Sometimes people know every single detail of it. It was kind of a blur um, at halftime. One of my assistants goes, "He's got 40. and I said, "No," um, because I mean. I guess threes add up pretty fast, but it, I mean it's a it's a good half if you score forty as a team in in, in, in class double A high school oh, basketball, absolutely. right? Absolutely, great half, you know. And then, you know, unfortunately or fortunately for me, I guess I found out that he had fifty one with about two minutes left, and somebody said the record was fifty six. And that late, I wasn't able to. There was no way I was going to be able to put him back in. So I probably would have had a tough decision if I would have known at the end of three that he was that close. Right, I probably would have put him in because we're up 30 at the time, and you know we want to be a class program and you know not rub it in people's faces. Um, but when you have a night like that, I mean, it's <laughs> it was it was amazing. It's the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. As Montana's brand of banking, Stockman Bank proud to sponsor local athletics all around the great state of Montana. And they thank all of the great players around the state right now that for all their hard work and dedication. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Let them show you the Stockman difference today. Jason Mackey's first-year head basketball coach with the Missoula Sentinel boys team. During your time from graduating at Sentinel to then retaking this job, did you follow Sentinel while you were away? You know, I did. And I actually, um, we played against Sentinel a few times. Um so Jackson Beagley was a teammate of mine okay. uh, when, when I played. And then we played um, Sam Beagley in sure. Sentinel at Gonzaga, and he torched us. Um, and then I organized a couple of trips where my Sandy team came out, and we played Big Sky, and we played Hellgate, we played Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so like Coach Hayes over at Hellgate, um, he was out in Oregon for a while, so I've known him for a while. Mm-hmm. And we played them uh, when we came out, and then we went to – um, Montana team camp. I've known Coach Tinkle for a long time, so that was you know a lot of fun. And um, so we've been out here a few times from Oregon. So yeah, I followed Sentinel, and boy, they've had some athletes and some players. And and uh, wow, and then like you said, full circle. I'm back. Well, that, that leads me to my next question, because I mean, just during during my era, that, the guys I played against that used to always torch us: Eric Hankel, Jordan Haskett. I mean, there's been. 
there's only been a couple guys off the top of my head that have been, you know, true 23, 24, 25, 26 point scorers in the class AA level. It's it's really hard. I mean, if you're scoring 15 a game at the class AA level, you're doing great. So to be, you know, in the mid 20s, like Hankel was, like Haskett was, Andy Garland, Sam Bagley, I mean, there's been some of the best individual talent at Sentinel over the last 20 years. So, two part question why do you think that is, and where does Alex Germer stack up with these guys? Ooh, on the spot, Coulter, I like it. That's a, obviously a tough question. Uh, it's, although it is funny, I played for both Coach Haskett and Coach Hankel. So, there you go, so right? Dads, so I remember those guys when they were like babies, you know, little tiny kids. So, um, you know, Alex can really put the ball in the hole. So um, I get to uh, plead the fifth on that because I didn't get to see those guys as much, um, the rest of those guys. But I, 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 I bet none of them are a better shooter than he is. You know? that, that's kind of my. That's kind of my perspective. I mean. Jordan Haskett was such a dominant player because I mean Jermer's six eight, but Haskett was six nine. But he's also he's also you know very strong. But he also had that great range, and he was just unconscious. I mean I remember they used to let him shoot from right inside the half court line, and nobody could tell him any different because he made it all the time. <laughs> Hankel was probably the best out of all of them, creating off the dribble. Andy Garland is still to me a guy that I thought should have absolutely gotten a shot at the Division One level. I know he's an undersized post; he's like six five, six six. But man, I mean he was. He was a four-time All-American at the Frontier Conference level. He could have played against anybody. He was one of the most savvy guys. And and Bagley was was sort of Mr. Smooth, right, nonchalant. And all of a sudden, you look up, and he's got 28. But I think that Germer might be the best shooter out of all of them. And that is, that's how you go make 13 three-pointers in a single game. There's no uh, question about it. So, Coach, tell us, I mean, for your team now, what are some of the the goals? How do you keep these guys hungry? Because you guys are on a roll now. But uh, – Winning streaks, especially when they start getting talked about, are oftentimes the biggest obstacle for teams that have real state championship aspirations. How do you keep this team hungry? Absolutely. We actually talked about it. We practiced this morning, and we said, you know, we're not going to let a great performance on Friday beat us tomorrow. Uh, We don't want to, you know, it's over, and uh, it's time for us to move on. And when the season's over, I'll look back and kind of awe at 51, but right now it's time to move on. The thing is, I haven't had to do a lot of that. These guys know what they want. Um, They've set goals, and they know what they have to do to reach those goals. They know that this is a big week for us, and, you know, the first step to their uh, set of goals is Western AA um, title, and and we have three games this week. And uh, tomorrow is at Hellgate, and, you know, you don't need any extra motivation other than going down the street. So so there's a good one, and so they're they're pretty darn focused. and we just talk a lot about living in the present, you know, that um, whatever happened, happened. Um, and whatever the future, especially with COVID, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, just every day, have a great day and every game, you know, let's uh, try to do our best and play our play our best game. Three big time games, Missoula Hellgate and then Helena and Butte, I believe, to close out your regular season. Kind of take us through the the first game against Hellgate. It was the lowest scoring output of the year, maybe more dictated on the style of play. But just kind of tell us what your main takeaways were from that first one. And obviously the adjustments from Coach Hayes and yourself are going to be very interesting for tomorrow for what is the two best teams, in my opinion, in the state going at it. Yeah, I know that uh, Coach Hayes will not have the same game plan that he had the first time. He will switch it up. He will come up with something. Lucky for us, he's playing right now. Uh, they're playing capital right now, so he didn't get a day of practice uh, right now, so that's good for us. But, um, you know, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, and, you know, obviously I played against his dad when he was coaching, um, and so he was one heck of a coach. They won the state title my senior year uh, with Matt Kemford and those guys, and um, I know that Coach Hayes – as a heck of a coach, and so is Jeff, and 
and they'll come up with something. It'll be a physical battle. The first time we played them, I think it was 6-5 at the end of the first quarter, um, our lowest output of any quarter the entire season. It was just a, as we like to call it, a rock fight. It was uh, you know ugly and physical and tough and um, everything a crosstown should be. So, um, yeah, we expect them to be intense. We expect them to play hard and, um, you know, hopefully um, our athleticism um, and length, we can get out and get some easy baskets because they don't give you anything easy in the half court. And that's always been a trademark of the Hellgate Knights, especially with Jeff Hayes at the helm. Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for swinging Thanks, in. Coach. Tease for later on this week as well. Our Garden City Spotlight interview is going to feature Alex Gerber. He obviously can't come on tomorrow because, uh, well, he's a little busy. He's got a game to take care of. But Wednesday he'll be joining us about 5.30 as well. So we, we'll recap uh, what is perhaps a city championship clinching victory for the Missoula Sentinel Spartans. But Jason Mackey joining us in studio. Coach, thanks so much for swinging down. It was a real pleasure. Thanks, guys. Uh, best of luck to you guys. Um, stay safe out there. Listen to, to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television, marching through the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout the state of Montana. Stockman committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping community, communities succeed. 36 locations statewide. When you bank with Stockman Bank, your money stays in the local economy, helping your friends and neighbors let the Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. A little bit more of the Montana Basketball Hour right after this on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Welcome back. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television. It's the Montana Basketball Hour like we do each and every Monday for the first hour of this show. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, riding with me, Colter Nuanez, as we uh, almost to the 5 o'clock hour of your Monday. Hope everybody out there is having a good Monday. We, uh, If you missed anything in the first part of the Montana Basketball Hour, broke down the Big Sky Conference both on the women's side with victories for both Montana and Montana State over the weekend, as well as a third consecutive loss for the Montana Grizzlies men's basketball team. And that's where I want to go right now, Riley. To me, I think that we've analyzed this team almost ad nauseum. I think that there's not really much more we're going to uncover or, or figure out. There's not any big revelations we're going to have. The fact of the matter is that this is a really tough year for everybody, but it's a particularly tough year for a Montana team that welcomed nine faces to the fold. Uh, I think there's been a lot of uh, anxiety within the program. They've had a lot of departures. I don't know if there's necessarily anybody that that's, is, is whom at fault for those. I think that uh, there's just a lot of different things that are going on right now. I think that more than any other team in the league, 
Montana, when you bring in new guys, you sell them on what the experience is going to be. The experience is non-existent at Montana right now. So much of why guys come to Montana is to live in Missoula, to experience the cool things that there are to do here, the awesome college town, to play in front of the best atmosphere in the league. None of that is happening. So now all the reward that you potentially could have is not happening, and there's also no real structure or uh, safety net for these guys to fall back into because all they have is each other, and they're all just a bunch of young guys. So when you're losing, all of a sudden you're just going home and sitting on your couch. You can't go to you know a party or a restaurant or whatever. You can't do anything. And so I think it's kind of forming upon itself. So I guess the question, though, is that is there still a moment where we think Montana might be able to garner a little confidence? Because we thought coming out of the Weaver State game that – Okay, maybe that was something that clicked. Now this team can get back on it. And maybe I'm overanalyzing it because I just I really think that Montana's on a three game losing streak because they just play the two best teams in the conference. I think it's a little bit of both on that because Montana now, again, losers of four of their last five. The, the unprecedented territory, we've covered it a lot, but this is already the most conference losses under Coach Takir. They've never finished outside of the top five. That's severely in jeopardy. We're going to talk about the consecutive winning season streak that's on the line as well. So a lot of things in play, but for this group this year, I think that that has a huge part of it. The entire experience, playing in front of the crowd, and then not having any senior leadership or just leadership in general. You just always had a guy, and that's no knock to, to anyone on the current team. But just you go back, you had all-time great players here the last couple of years. Your Rory's, your Ogines, and your Pridgets. And when that is lost, you rely on the culture and the foundation that you have built at Montana. That sure. It's okay. We're, we're going to reload. We're still the top dog in this league. And then the other factor that I've just seen firsthand this year, and I'm sure you can see it whether you're in Dahlberg Arena or watching on, on a streaming network, is that every other team is taking their best shot at relishing in the role of kicking Montana when they're down. And, and right. I think just the, the fact of... Knowing what Montana means on the chest, that's such a coach-speak phrase, but you really are seeing it this year. I think a lot of guys sure. with a ton of talent are on the floor, but they don't really know kind of who they're playing for at this point and, and what their status is in the Big Sky Conference. And these other teams, to their credit, have come in and absolutely taken it for Montana this year. Well, and you have to have a junkyard dog to play the style that they got, and they just don't have one yet. This doesn't mean that they can't have one. They just have a bunch of guys that haven't developed into that. And a lot of times, I mean, a guy like Ahmad Rory didn't become that until he was an upperclassman. Same with Saeed Pridget. And so I think that a lot of times, you know, here's the thing. Is Montana under Coach Takir for seven years, for the previous six before this year, one with a hard-nosed, determined style where you almost bully the other team. And that's that's why they've been so consistently good. But when you have a bunch of guys that haven't learned that and they have no one internally besides the coaches to teach it to them, I, I do think it's certainly a missing factor. And then, you know, it's like we talked about earlier. Kim Aiken got bullied. First, his first couple times against Montana. Now that he's the big bad dog on the block, he is certainly reveling in it for Eastern Washington, and I think that that's sort of across the board. So, you know, I think, again, we've analyzed this team ad nauseum at this point, but um, I, I still think, I still, still to this, even though I've been probably as critical as anybody of this team, because uh, I do think they just have some severe deficiencies tangibly, not just intangibly, I still am not counting them out. 
as far as a, a run in Boise, man. I I don't I don't think the Grizz. After seeing Eastern Washington, I have a really hard time thinking anybody else but Eastern is going to win the league. Eastern just has better players than everybody else. If Weber made a run, it wouldn't totally shock me. But I wouldn't put anybody else in the league above Montana. Maybe Southern Utah, maybe. But I just I don't think that other everybody else like Montana State's good, and I think Montana State man for man is actually probably better than Montana right now because they have more veteran players. But in a head to head, I don't I don't think I would pick Montana State. And there's still a chance that head to head could happen. And the initial question you asked me, do I still think this team could make a run? Well, the schedule sets up for it, and I think that. We knew this all along that this stretch coming into the conference tournament was a great opportunity for Montana to win four in a row, to have a young team feeling that they have some confidence going in. And then you couple it with the fact that they have beaten a Weber State already. That has put the rest of the league on alert. Where would I put this team? I put them somewhere in that three to five range. I still would. I think that they could make a run in Boise. But they have just shown, and this is straight fact, the fact they haven't won on Saturday in conference play, to win four games in four days will be incredibly difficult. But do I think that they can beat a team seated higher than them? Absolutely. And the way the seating's working out right now, they're prob- they're in that 5-6-7 range. If they are on the other side of the bracket as Eastern, absolutely if they catch lightning in a bottle, they can make it to the championship game. I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, or outlandish, just looking at what they got. And I think that there's just a lot of different things that have been brought to light this year. But I still think that when it comes to a neutral site tournament where you need to get your guys up to play, I still think that Travis DeCure is going to be among, if not the best coaches in the league. I know that this last weekend was a great moment for Shantae Leggins to beat Travis DeCure finally. But I still just, I don't think that the mental edge that Coach DeCure has against most, if not all the coaches in the league, has completely gone away. So we'll continue to analyze this. We're going to continue to analyze the state of college basketball as a whole as well. Hour one in the books. It was the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the state of Montana. They're only in Montana, and they plan to keep it that way. Lending decisions, they're all made by Montanans who understand Montana businesses. They have strong commitments to the community and take pride in giving back. Phone calls answered by a live person, which is a huge thing. You, you can't tell you how much of a relief it is to actually talk to a human. And they have new online and mobile banking platforms that are robust and allow you to bank from anywhere you might need to be. Stockman Bank of Montana, proud sponsor of the Montana Basketball Hour and a proud sponsor of athletics across the great state of Montana. Hour two coming at you. Howard, got a little blind side for you. We're also going to talk some spring football at the FCS level. Riley Corkin riding with me. Coulter Nuwana is right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 